Hey, uh, are you still in there? I've actually booked this booth to uh, record my podcast. You should not have come back. Are you... Okay, are you, are you talking to me? Or are you actually recording something? I'm not... What is thy bidding, my master? Alright, that... Okay, that's, um... Look, it sounds like you've got a lot... I'm gonna... I'm gonna come back. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we're gonna be talking about all things Star Wars and everything that lies ahead after the sequels, which were obviously mixed reviews amongst the fans, but now there seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel with John Favreau and Dave Fellini working with Lucas, and it seems like, I don't know, taking it in a different direction, not necessarily just pandering to the fans, but really just finding the right story and just getting it back on track. So I've got Dylan here, Super Star Wars fan with me, and we're going to have a chat. How you going, Dylan? Oh, not too bad, mate. So I'm always curious because we're a little bit different in age. So I was around, I would say for me, even when Star Wars came out in 77, I was far too young. So I didn't see that in the theaters. To be honest, when I first saw Star Wars, uh, you know, it was on TV. And the first Star Wars movie I ever saw at the theater, to be honest, was Return of the Jedi. Because again, I'm I'm just on the cusp there of, of, you know, I wasn't born in the 60s, so I didn't see Star Wars in the theaters. And I didn't see the original Star Wars movies completely until they were re-released in the 90s. So I suppose just for me, it was a, a huge part of my growing up and obviously pop culture and Star Wars was huge. But yeah, the first movie I actually saw in the theaters was, was Return of the Jedi, which was kind of interesting. So I'm curious for you, what was the first movie you, you saw and what sort of sparked you into that world? Um, I actually, I think it was Phantom Menace, because again, it was um, probably, well, it just had the 40-year anniversary of Empire, so that's 12 years before I was born, so just to give you a bit of context, um, yeah, it was pretty much Phantom Menace, the first one I went and saw, and um, yeah, it was... I more enjoyed the original trilogy than, like, Phantom Menace, um, um, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the... Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, so see, that's that's interesting. So for you, you were introduced to it in such a way where it was actually in chronological order, whereas for our sort of Gen, Gen Xers, we were introduced to the originals, but actually, you know, it was already uh, episode four, which, to be honest, we never paid attention to. You know what I mean? Star Wars was a trilogy, and that was it. We thought that was the whole story. But obviously, Lucas had more in mind. So then how did you think, what did you think of as the Phantom Menace? Because, again, that was <laughs> in some ways a letdown for some people, but others uh, still still a decent movie. What well, I reckon it was a bit of a letdown in some ways. Um fact that they brought bloody Jar Jar Binks into it, that was, that was <laughs> one of the big things for me. Um, and just the waste of Darth Maul as a character, that was one of the real things that annoyed me, is um, you've got, you know, all this hype about, you know, um, the rule of two with the Sith Lord, you know, um, when Darth 
Darth Maul says, you know, at last we can reveal ourselves to the Jedi, at last we can have our revenge, and all that happens is one measly lightsaber fight on Naboo, <laughs> and then it's done. It's just like, that's it, kaput. Yeah, but it was a hell of a lightsaber fight, I have to say. In in terms of previous lightsaber fights, it was a pretty good one. <laughs> I'll will, I will give it back yet. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, would you con- consider yourself really uh, a movie fan, or are you like a, a super mega nerd fan, as in, you know, all the stories and the comics and the animations and Clone Wars, and are you everything, or are you really focused as a sort of a movie fan? It's most it's mostly movies, and then it's with um, the Clone Wars TV show, um, and just just finished watching uh, Rebels, that um, animated TV show, which was actually really good as well, because that explored it a bit more, because um, at least with the TV shows, they can expand on stuff, where, you know, you get seven, I think it's seven seasons of Clone Wars, where they can only cover it in one movie, and it's a lot a lot of stuff to cover, at least with the TV show, it just expands on it all, so that's, I, I really enjoy, like, the TV shows, like, in that sort of way, if that makes sense. Yeah, and The Mandalorian, definitely, I would absolutely recommend you check that out because I think, for me, it it gives that Star Wars feeling. It really just looks and feels like Star Wars universe, but it's still new, and it's still, it's stories within the Star Wars universe, which I'm totally supportive of. It doesn't always have to be the one, the one timeline or the one, you know, Luke Skywalker storyline. I'm not one of those that's, that's that focused on, on that part. But Mandalorian feels so much like the old feeling of Star Wars for me. So I would definitely recommend you watch that. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, I've heard, yeah, everything about it has just been positive. I haven't heard any negative reviews. Um, I'm just, with all the memes and stuff like that on Facebook, I can finally watch it and understand half of the stuff that I'm seeing. <laughs> um, talking about, like, the child and stuff like that, I don't understand any of that. But Oh, yeah, right, right. So, yeah, that's that's next on the list. Um, we've just we've just finished Rebels, so next on the list is the Mandalorian. And the the million dollar question, because this is where we'll start to talk about where Star Wars goes from here. Where do you stand on on the latest sequels and sort of talking about all three? Whether you you talk about them as a whole chunk of a failure or maybe. You like one, you don't like one. How how did they do it for you as a Star Wars fan? So, as a Star Wars fan, as you know, comparing sorry, not even comparing, just the story. The, when they released The Force Awakens, it was a cool idea. It had some cool characters, everything like that. You know, they set the groundwork for something that could be cool. But when they released the Last Jedi, they sort of just completely forgotten about, you know, like Captain Phasma, the Knights of Ren. Um, they just they wasted Snoke, which annoyed me. Absolutely. You know, you've got, you've got this guy that's been able to manipulate Ben from the light side, being trained by Luke to bring him over the dark side and, you know, train him in the dark side and then just have him just get yeah, up. Nah, he was a nobody. And then the last one, they did not stick the landing. No. It's sort of just bringing back Palpatine to, you know, have that um, 
or, you know, just so you can remember, oh, that's Palpatine, you know, oh, my God, that's amazing. But, again, it was sort of like meh. It didn't, it didn't have that, you know, um, when they have the lightsaber fight with Ray and, and Palpatine, it didn't really have that feeling of, oh, you know, is everything going to be okay compared to when Luke fought with Vader and Palpatine was there as well? It was sort of like, you know, what's going to happen? Um, and again, in the last, um, the Revenge of the Sith, where you have Obi-Wan and Anakin fighting, yes, you know what's going to happen, but still it was interesting where the fight with Ray and Palpatine, it was sort of like, yeah, just felt black to me, to be honest. Yeah. And now... We live in a world where I think the fans have a lot of power, and that can be good and bad in some ways, but there tends to always be a comparison to the Marvel Universe, the whole MCU Universe, because frankly, those movies all introduced comic book characters that weren't necessarily the mainstream Superman and Batman, which everyone knows. Um, When Iron Man came out, and that, uh, that was obviously Jon Favreau, and we'll talk about him for sure because he's now the man at Star Wars. But for John Favreau to debut Iron Man, and then and then other characters that would come along like Black Widow and and all these Hawkeye, and you know even Thor, not necessarily were on everybody's radar as as superheroes. But that world came together in such a way, and it's not just about money making, but is it about you know good movies and just a whole universe brought together all those movies connected so well and a lot of that is um uh, kevin feige you know who he is yeah He's, oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, know. I know who kevin feige is yeah so you know every every something that big needs someone like that because even though they were movies they were more like television shows and television shows have something like a showrunner and that guy's job is to keep all the continuity and keep it together and make sure they have the same vision and story arc because in, in the TV world, you know, you have seasons that can go on for years and episodes and the movies um, were, were like that. So they needed someone to take the, the helm. So my question is what, what do you think went wrong at star Wars? Like how could you screw up a franchise that was just waiting there to be taken by Disney and, and put all the best people on it and still kind of screw it up. How did that happen? Well, I, I reckon, first of all, the change of the directors between movies, that was just stupid. It's sort of like, um, like on the landscape for uh, reference, it's like having a supervisor on the job, start of the job, then halfway through, take him off, and then half, um, getting him to finish the job. It's not going to work. People have different ideas, and when somebody starts off something, and then someone comes in with their ideas, and then you bring the original person back, it's not going to work. That was one That was one main thing. And probably with The Force Awakens, again, they just introduced so many different things that it was just too much for a trilogy. They, I reckon they should have started when Luke first built the Jedi Temple and sort of had um, the story start from there where you see Ben sort of, um, toying with the idea of you know joining the dark side and stuff like that, instead of having it as a backstory, you know that's built in like five minutes, so you get a grasp of him, you know, like 
with his kyber crystal held, you know, the cross-guarded blade because the kyber crystal's fractured because of his inner torment, they could have explained that than, you know, starting where they did with the Force Awakens, if that, yeah. Look, yeah, they, they certainly could have explained a lot. And I, I even think with J.J. J. Abrams, I, I think he was spreading himself a bit thin in that he was also doing Star Trek. And I'm I'm in a unique position that I'm a Star Trek and Star Wars fan, and and I don't let the two mix. Those are the two sides of me. But he was taking the helm of both of those. And not to be mean, I don't think he had a real full understanding of both. I'm not saying he wasn't a fan, but I still don't think he was really, you know, um, dialed in to... Not, and not what the fans wanted, but what the story needed. But having said that, um, even the fans turned on Lucas back in the day with the prequels. So every time I think about someone trying their best and the fans turning on him, that happened to the man himself. Do you ever wonder why that happened, really? Lucas, you know, tried to bring out his own vision with the prequels. But, yeah, that didn't go down too well back then either, if you if you remember. Oh, yeah, it- at least with the prequels, like they were following episodes four, five, and six that were just awesome. At least the bar was sort of set a bit lower after you know episodes one, two, and three. The bar was set a bit lower for episode <laughs> yeah. seven, eight, nine. But now it was just like, oh, just did not stick the landing with Rise of Skywalker, and it's just like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so so if you only had uh, the sequels to take with you to an island, which one would you take with you to watch for the rest of your life? If you had to pick one of them, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, or The Rise of Skywalker, which one would make you want to kill yourself the least? Uh, definitely Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> really? Rise of Skywalker because Palpatine is my boy. He has been my boy since I first saw Star Wars. Ah. I love I love Palpatine. I love Vader. I love um, I just love the whole dark side of the Force. That is my side. Right now we're getting now we're getting into the picture. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, well to put it this way, um, I had my sleeve of tattoos booked in for probably this time, but because of the COVID stuff, it's been pushed. Um, so I don't know, um, and it's going to be all Sith Lords, just to give you an idea of my mindset. <laughs> wow. So then I have to ask you, do you really think that at Disney they're sitting around the table and they're having their chat uh, about The Force Awakens? Do you really think they had a story arc that included Palpatine, or that's a bunch of bullshit, and they really sort of retconned that at the end because The Last Jedi divided fans so much they shit themselves and then came up with that storyline. Which do you believe? Oh, 100% that they just shit themselves because they wouldn't have, you know, um, like Snoke, for example, how he was set up in like Force Awakens and Last Jedi to be, you know, this sort of one that's corrupted um, Ben and then just going, oh yeah, Palpatine this whole time. And then, you know, having this nagging question of, who's raised parents, you know, and then just, oh, it's Palpatine's kids. It's just like, yeah, nah, Deus Ex Machina, bloody Palpatine. Palpatine solves everything. (laughs) That's right. And and, uh, I have to ask, so this is the other thing that bugs me sometimes. When 
like there's a divide. There's a Kathleen Kennedy obviously was at the helm of those. And there's always this discussion about the fans that, that aren't happy with the sequels is because, Oh, you, you can't, you can't take that. We've created a new story arc that, that has uh, Ray at the helm. And because she's a strong female lead, this stuff drives me insane because it has nothing to do with that. For God's sake, princess Leah was the most amazing heroic female strong powerful lead uh for god's sake when they rescued her on the death star han and luke actually had no plan and a shitty plan to be honest and did she not save their asses many a time so it has nothing to do with that and i hope you agree as well that the movies are stinkers because they're stinkers it's not about because you know we're being introduced to a female character if she's great she's great and I, I think she is. I just think it was poorly written and poorly directed. Do you agree with that? Oh, 100%. Like, as, as you just said, like, you know, Han and Luke both get onto this star because, you know, they um, help Leia. And again, you know, Leia plays her part. It's because they all had roles to play in those movies. It was never, you know, Luke just rocks up picks up the lightsaber straight away and goes, yeah, no, nah, cool, I can go toe-to-toe with Darth Vader's first movie, that's it, and take him out, like, absolutely nothing. I can fly the Millennium Falcon. I've never been on a ship before, but I can fly the Millennium Falcon. It was sort of just like, they all had different roles to play, and they just, I reckon they just given too much power to Rey in the movies, where it's sort of just like, you know, instead of her, you know, learning and, you know, getting defeated, it's just not. She's always going to win. That's my takeaway from it, where she was just given too much power. And then, yeah, in Rise of Skywalker, where it's just like, you know, she was this powerful because she was Palpatine. It was just like, well, Palpatine wasn't that that powerful in the sense that, you know, he could do everything. He still, he still had to learn stuff. It wasn't like he knew it straight away. Yeah. That's right. Well, in, in movies, there's, and this can be for a male lead as well or story character so that's called a mary sue someone who can do so wrong uh, to someone who can do no wrong and i think for for some people that's it's no fun because you can't you can't picture yourself as them i mean most people in a story don't you put yourself you pick one you pick luke or han or leia you pick someone that you can identify with and now you're part of the gang you're part of the buddies but when someone is just perfect Tell me it's not kind of annoying because Luke, let's be honest, Luke, even when he was trying, he complained a lot and screwed up a lot and he was never the best, but you could put yourself in his shoes because he struggled like a normal human. You know, it's easier to relate to. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. Like when he fought Vader um, after Yoda told him not to, he's not ready. He gets his arm, sorry, his hand cut off and, you know, he sort of has to go, oh, you know. Maybe I should go back to Dagobah and learn from Yoda because, you know, I wasn't ready. I was super cocky. And, you know, you never have that. And even in um, Attack of the Clones, when um, Anakin goes toe-to-toe with Dooku and gets his arm cut off, it's sort of just like, you know, it's a learning curve for him. But Ray never had that. Ray was always just like, not cool, I am the best. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit boring. It's not a story that has... It has a, a journey and has a beginning and end. You have to have your hero go on a journey of a struggle to get to the other side because that's, let's face it, that's life anyway. And that's how you can relate to someone even 
in a fantasy sci-fi world in a galaxy far, far away. You still have to to have a link to uh, everyday life as a as a human when you're watching the movie. So if oh, I, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent there. So if you like Rise of Skywalker, I have to ask, um, how do you feel that they really just they really threw away the Luke Skywalker timeline in a, in a terrible way, and they didn't even involve uh, Anakin, and I think that's sad because this is all starting with him, and he just got a voice. Poor Hayden Christensen only got a voice; didn't even get a nod. How did that make you feel? Oh, it was just it was just annoying. Where it was just like you know, um, when. Ray found out that, you know, Palpatine was her dad or sort of just like, oh, you know, this is the worst thing ever. It's just like, well, Luke's dad was Vader and Vader, and like, sorry, when um, it was Anakin, he went to the Jedi Temple and cut down some younglings and still <laughs> managed to... <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's some, that's some hardcore gangster shit to have to live with that. Exactly. And it's just like, you know, that was Luke's dad and, you know... Luke was still like, oh, you know, I can still help him out. I can, I'm still going to keep the last name Skywalker. Where Ray's just like, oh, no, Palpatine's my dad. No, I don't want anything to do with him. No, it's not like my parents, you know, risk their lives to put me on a planet where he'll never find me and, you know, risk their lives. No, don't worry about them. It's just like, no, it's only Luke and Leia. It's, yeah, anything's got nothing to do with this. It was just... It, that did annoy me where, you know, it was only Luke and Leia that were referenced to. It was never brought up, like, about Anakin. And it, I reckon even Padme as well. Like, she was never... That's true. I mean, that's they're both just as important. So before we talk about where it's all going, because there's obviously quite a few interesting events that have been happening recently, how did you feel at the end? And look, sorry if I didn't say spoiler alert for anyone listening, but... Um, Look, if you're listening to something about Star Wars, it's going to contain spoilers. It's hard to talk about it without spoilers. But look, if you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, you should stop listening now. But at the end, um, how do you feel that... Uh, do you feel she earned the Skywalker name by just taking it, even though she wasn't a Skywalker? And that's okay. I get it. Family's more than just blood. That's a wonderful sentiment. But how did you react when she said Skywalker and she take that name? And legacy. Oh. I don't think she earned it. No. No. I reckon she would have been better with Palpatine. <laughs> because um, it was, you know, she didn't earn the Skywalker last name, where it's just like, you know, you can understand um, Ben survived, and it's just like, you know, my name, is, like instead of saying Solo, it's Skywalker, because at least he's got a connection where Ray's just being fortified, and it's, you know, that was it. No, definitely. I, I don't think so either. But, but now, obviously, Disney's a giant machine, and and the show must go on. But there seems to be a bit of a divide now, where Kathleen Kennedy is possibly getting pushed aside because they now have John Favreau and Dave Filoni, who has been working on the Clone Wars. And Dave Filoni was—he's originally really um, an animator. But the thing about him, I feel like, and if you've ever seen him, you should watch an interview with him. Uh, he has sat down with George Lucas, and when they start talking, I feel like Dave Filoni is like a brother from another mother kind of thing. I feel like 
he really is embodying what Lucas wants, but also could take it forward. And the two of them now apparently are are going to helm where the next movies and where the stories are going to go. Does that make you feel any better? Have you heard anything about that? No, I actually haven't, but I just watched the last season of Clone Wars. Have you Have you watched the TV show like that last season of Clone Wars? I, I haven't now. See, I've watched Mandalorian, but I, I keep hearing about Clone Wars in that it is like spot on Star Wars feeling fandom. So obviously I need to, I need to watch that. Yes. Do you mind if I give you some spoilers? Um, no, I don't mind because I'll still, I'll still be excited. And I do watch so many clips that I end up finding stuff out anyway. So that's fine. Okay. But yeah, so with, um, the first couple of episodes are kind of boring. It's sort of just, you know, expanding on Ahsoka's backstory. Um, cause that's another cool character that, you know, um, was introduced was Ahsoka Tana, you know, she's a badass. Um, but just it, the feeling the last couple of episodes had were just like, this is amazing. You actually felt excited watching it because the lightsaber fights were insane. They had the hallway scene with Darth Maul holding up like a door, I think it is, from one of the starships and like taking on clones and it was it was almost like watching the scene from Rogue One with Vader in the hallway. It was just mad. You just watched it and you just felt like, holy crap, that is awesome. Yeah. I like the sound of that. And I liked I liked Rogue One. That's one of those movies where they're obviously trying to explore outside stories, but that one did have a link, obviously, to Star Wars. And, um, yeah, everyone who worked on that, I think really did Star Wars justice, and I really don't mind watching that one. Uh, I've watched that one a few times, and yeah, once that ending comes with Vader, I immediately almost want to watch Star Wars because it's literally like the next scene. They tied that in so beautifully. So, yeah, I, I do uh, like that. I really did like Rogue One as well because it was sort of just like, you know, that um, feeling of, you know, it's just because they're the main characters, it's not all going to be happy endings. It's not all going to be, oh, you know, sunshine or rainbows. It's like, with, like, it's called Star Wars, so it's obviously a war going on between, you know, the good guys and the bad guys. And it's just like there are going to be casualties and it's just like how they finished Rogue One, it was so perfect because it wasn't going to be like, oh, you know, last second somebody comes in and saves him. It was like, that's it. They gave their lives for the um, the, the Rebel Alliance, and it was just like, it, it just felt better watching it, where it's just like, you know, you're not expecting it. Like, you're not expecting the ending to end how it was, it's, you know, with them just going, yeah, no, nah, that's it, we're just going to sit on the beach and accept our fate. And, you know, I saw something fly in at the last second and save so how do you how do you feel about um again it seems like they bring in new people to try and fix things and after a while you're going to get to a point where you're not going to be able to fix it so the last jedi look they let ryan johnson off the leash but there still should have been someone like like kevin feige to say look i see your vision uh the colors here you're doing and the and the cinematography is great but you you need to stick to this because you're gonna you're just gonna derail us and the thing with Rise of Skywalker, I feel like it was J.J. Abrams doing a big uh, fuck you to Ryan Johnson. That's not necessarily the best way to make a movie, I'm sorry to say. Uh, to just say, well, I'm going to retcon everything and screw you. Um, I mean, it fi- it's fine. He fixed some things, but...
like that's that wasn't necessary had they just planned ahead. <laughs> you know? It's just like as you bring up yeah with Kevin Feige and um John Favreau, just like with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it was all planned out. They knew what was happening years in advance. Which was good because, you know, as you said, they had someone at the helm, you know, controlling where things went. It wasn't like they just went off and the perfect example is if you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe compared to the DC Cinematic Universe. This DC Cinematic Universe is an absolute mess. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's another story. And then there's the, the Snyder Cut, but we can talk about that about at the, at the end. <laughs> the Snyder Cut of Justice League, if you give any shits about that. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many cuts of that movie they get, it's never going to be good. No, no. So yeah, so The Rise of Skywalker, trying to fix what had been, you know, gone off the beaten path before, it does look like moving forward, from what I've heard, uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni... Uh, together with uh, uh, Disney and Bob Iger, trying to, you know, not just get the fans back, but get a, a coherent story back. And that may include, I don't know if this is weird to you, possibly bringing Palp- Palpatine back to life, possibly bringing Anakin and Luke back to life by way of this new um, power of wills or force or something that's going on. Have you heard anything about that? And how does that grab you, or does it seem ridiculous? I haven't heard about it, but it again with the rise of Skywalker, how you know suddenly they can heal each other with the power of the Force. It's mm. sort of just, it's sort of out of left field. So you know, I reckon bringing bringing them back, it's sort of just like um, again you're just reminiscing on stuff. It's not moving the story forward. So I, reckon, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard much about it, so I can't say just definitively, you know, it's a good idea or a bad idea. So, Would you rather they just went ahead and and picked something else in the universe and, and stayed within the theme and the feelings and and the Star Wars, you know, legacy of, of story, but just come up with different characters and kept going? Or should they just stop and stop ruining our memories? Um, I reckon they should, um, oh, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard because you want, you know, you want to remember, you know, all the original characters, but you sort of, sort of want to introduce new characters, so, you know, like the next generation can sort of go, oh, you know, that's my Luke, that's my heart, that's my Leia, and, you know, instead of just dwelling back on the same characters, um, I, I personally want um, a storyline on Ahsoka because she is boss. Um, she got introduced in the Clone Wars TV show as Anakin's Padawan, and you see her develop and stuff like that. And it's just like she goes off. Um, I think after I think it's Revenge of the Sith, and then she's in Rebels, the TV show, and it's just like she'd be a cool character because she's just so badass and. That's the sort of strong female lead that I reckon people could connect with because she's been introduced years back as a badass that had to learn from her mistakes and is just mad now. She just wasn't she wasn't badass from day one. It was, you know, um, learned and, you know, going from stories like that or um, 
probably introducing a new empire or something like that. Not like they did with the first order. The first order were oh, that was not <laughs> that was not a second empire. That was oh, yeah, the that was a that yeah. was a bunch of angsty teens <laughs> going off at their parents, having a dart out the front of the house, all in black. It just nah, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't the empire. So have you have you had enough of? the Ray and Poe and Finn storyline and, and any of those characters? Or would you like to see any of them return? Or are you done with them? I'm done with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did you, what did you think about, about Solo? Again, just because they go off on tangents sometimes. Did you feel that was even necessary? I don't, just, you know. I don't feel that story needed to be said. We already knew. We knew enough of the legend, and sometimes the legend is better than the story, if that makes sense. Did you yeah, see Solo? Uh, yeah. Um, I actually haven't watched Solo. Oh, okay. I haven't heard a single positive <laughs> thing about it. Um, a good friend of mine that's actually coming over for dinner tonight, me and him talk about Star Wars and Star Wars Lego, which as um, as a bit of a heads up, don't get into Star Wars Lego. It will destroy your bank account. I know. <laughs> believe me, I know. I, w- I would love the um, – I'd love a Star Destroyer. Uh, that would be fantastic. But uh, I've seen some of those sets are like fifteen hundred bucks, and I'm I'm picturing a kid going, "Mom and Dad, I'd like that for Christmas." And the mom and dad just starting to get cold sweats because they have to take out a, a second mortgage to get the kids Legos. I know, I know. hundred percent, mate. I'm twenty eight years old. I'm trying to convince the missus to let me buy a fifteen hundred dollars Star Destroyer, and the looks she gives me is just oh. like, uh, "No." Good luck, man. Good luck. <laughs> when I when I try to convince mine that. Uh, they're collectibles. Don't call them toys. They're collectibles. If they come in a box, and I keep the box, it's a collectible. But yeah, it's it's all just toys, you know. Unless um, you put it in a glass case and and you can sell it one day on eBay. It's just toys to them. But that's yeah, it's a tough one. But um, so yeah. So what do you think about uh, moving forward with um? Yeah. So something like Solo. I'll say with with Solo. If you if you want to watch it, um, you know what? Pretend pretend it's just a really interesting sci-fi movie. Pretend you're watching uh, uh, Firefly or something like that. Pretend you're watching, you know, a Joss Whedon sci-fi adventure. It's the Star Wars part that actually ruins it, if that makes sense. Because I feel like they came up with it. It's not a terrible story, not terrible acting, some good scenes. But the problem is that the Star Wars parts, it seems like they had to interject them to say, oh, that's right, it's Star Wars. So someone has to say this line, or you have to do this, uh, or we have to put this character in so that it fits within Star Wars. That was the problem with that movie. <laughs> so, yeah. That, and it wasn't uh, necessary. It just wasn't necessary. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, because that's what pretty much everybody's been telling me. is just, yeah, it's they've just tried too much, and it was just... Yeah, <laughs> people were like, it was a pointless story. Um, but I did hear that, like, yeah, you get introduced to, like, the Millennium Falcon, how it was originally the Landos and stuff like that. So I was like, I, I heard about that, and I'm like, that does sound kind of cool. But for everything negative I'd heard about it, I was like, do I roll the dots on this one? <laughs> I, I I don't think it'll ruin, ruin your Han Solo feelings, but um, Donald Glover is actually pretty cool. As Lando, I must say. Um, yeah. Han Solo was always going to be a hard one to fit because 
Sometimes an actor puts themselves into the role. It's like I can't picture anyone else as Indiana Jones, and I don't want to. I'd rather just die with Han Solo, uh, with Harrison Ford being Indiana Jones. And that's the thing with Han Solo. He was he was also Harrison Ford, <laughs> adding to that character. So it's it's so hard to fill those shoes. First of all, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, you wouldn't be want to. You wouldn't want to be that actor. You know, with you know trying to step into that and be like, oh no, I'm Han Solo, not Harrison Ford. It's yeah, it'd be big shoes to fill. So do you think though, there's at least some hope with someone like John Favreau, who who is obviously quite good at understanding the bigger picture and he's also a fan and someone like Dave Filoni. And I, I will say you mentioned about different directors. It all depends on, on who's in control because on the Mandalorian, just, you know, when you watch those, so they were all directed by different directors, but the fact is, is they're all fantastic. They all fit together, but in their own way. So it's the MCU. So they've done it right. So it is possible that these guys, can can get it right um it's just about getting the story right i suppose yeah it's sort of like they have to sit down when they go okay when we're going to do the next movie say if there's three um they sort of need to sit down from the start and be like okay this is what's going to happen it's not going to be okay we'll write the first one see how that goes see what the fans think then we'll write the second one and then if we don't stick with that storyline, the fans hate the first two. We'll go, oh, no, we'll just throw all this last stuff in. It sort of be, sort of needs to be continuity. That's why I reckon the guys from, you know, that had so much success with the MCU and stuff like that, I reckon they will do an awesome job continuity-wise and even storyline where it's just like with the Avengers, that whole story arc was just amazing because you actually, you, you, you could see the story progressing. It wasn't like... Um, the last, you know, last three Star Wars movies where it was sort of just like, oh, I don't really see an end game here. It's not like they're trying to, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word now. Um, Yeah. Do a specific specific task where it's just like, you know, they don't have set tasks that they're trying to complete. It's sort of just like, oh, you know, maybe do that. Yeah, okay, cool. It's sort of just like they're, Super, uh, they're second guessing themselves. I reckon. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny with the with the sequels though. It's actually made me revisit the prequels and um, and give give Lucas a bit of a break, the poor guy, because you know, it's it's sometimes when someone explains the reasoning behind something that I think sometimes Lucas has it in his head and he tries to portray it on the screen. And he's not necessarily the best director, but he's obviously someone who's creative because, you know, my God, all of these things came from the man's head, you know, and the way to do it. Not to mention groundbreaking special effects that he would just go, let's let's try this. And he, he would put these guys together and and make this magic happen on the screen. So I feel like when I watch the prequels, I'm starting to pick things that were actually fascinating. But, you know, maybe I just didn't get it at the time. And one of those is you mentioned the lightsaber fight at the end with Darth Maul and uh, Kenobi and Qui-Gon. You know, it's interesting. I never thought about it this way, but Qui-Gon was was going to be the, the better father figure to Anakin, almost to the point where he could have gone in a different direction. And it was actually him being killed is sort of what sparked that, and I never really thought of it like that. Because Ben, not to be mean, is not necessarily, nor did he want to be, 
And you can, when I watch that now, I see it in the way it was even written and acted. He wasn't thrilled to take him on and deal with that. And that's, I mean, he became more like a brother, as he said, than, than a father. But yeah, Anakin probably needed a father to kick his ass, you know, if that makes sense. Did you get that? Or if you have, have you watched them recently? You should. Uh, 100%, 100%. We watched the Clone Wars. Um, I'm oh, sorry, um, Attack of the Clones. Sorry, it's getting those two mixed up. Um, watching Attack of the Clones, it was me, the young fellow, and the Mrs. watching it. Um, the few things that Mrs. pointed out was the creepy dialogue that Anakin was talking to Padme. That was just some super creepy stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I will admit, I do agree with him on the sand, though. I don't like sand. I can agree with him on that. It is coarse, it's rough, and it gets everywhere. Oh, yeah, oh, the Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that was. there was a lot of Creepsville there because when they last spoke, he was a child, and she was more mature, and now it's getting, yeah, it was getting creepy. But, you know, I don't know. They should have played that differently in that. He he should have been a bit older in the first one, but you know I think they wanted they wanted to get the kids back on board, right? You get a kid and you put him in a pod racer, boom, you got a video game, done, million dollars. I think that's all they were thinking there. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong, the um, PlayStation game of you know the pod racers that is amazing. <laughs> I love that game. Yeah, that was made for you. you oh yeah. <laughs> But um, uh, I will admit, I am glad they got rid of the midi chlorians. Oh was, my I'm god! Glad they got rid of that. I forgot about that. Now, see, <laughs> that's what I—that's the one thing I didn't forgive Lucas for because, again, it's about putting yourself in the story. And I thought, you know, when I was a kid, the the Force—it is something that maybe it's possible for me to learn if I'm if I open my mind. And it just happens to be that that the Skywalker had a particular lineage where they were powerful, but it was possible to teach others. And I didn't know it was about, about your, your goddamn chemical makeup. I had to have a certain amount of metachlorians and go to the doctor and find out I've got, I've got like the force chlamydia or something. Yeah. That got real weird. That got real, real weird. So yeah, I don't know what Lucas, why did he, he must've been drunk one night. He goes, yeah, I'll make it. I'll make it that it's in your blood, and they can do a test. What the hell was that? <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, but you're right. I forgot about that. Why did you bring that up? Now that that hurts my brain. Oh my god! Jesus Christ! They, they should re they should remove that. Actually, they should go back since Lucas likes to play around with his movies, right, and add stuff to them. They should remove that, like, right from the, the whole scene. I think that would fix things. Maybe we'll start a, we'll start a petition and remove that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was... Oh, that's the best. <laughs> oh, you, you, I was just telling you how much I like the prequels, and you ruined it for me again. That's all right. I'll ignore that scene. I'll ignore it like I ignore Jar Jar. I feel like I want an edit where I can edit him out. That would be an awesome movie. I, I reckon that they've, um, so with Jar Jar, they had, I reckon the fans have sort of got into the ears where they've gone, mm, yeah, I don't like this Jar Jar character. So at least in the second one, they were sort of like, mm, we'll limit him. Um, I reckon they've done that with that Rose character. <laughs> that, I? Yeah, they, they <laughs> limited her by killing her. Oh, 100%. That's what I was glad about. I was just uh, like, she, 
new Jar Jar. She just hangs around, doesn't do anything, just holds the main characters back, and is just annoying. Well, but he, he got to be a senator, so then he was he was off. Me's a senator now, so <laughs> they wrote him out. Um, I thought that was ridiculous too, because in the first episode, wasn't he an, an, a freaking idiot? So I guess that doesn't say a lot for politicians. He's an idiot, and he's now a senator. Awesome. I was going to say you've got um, Padme was also the senator for Naboo, and then her predecessor is Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> what? Ah, that setting. Yeah. Sorry. Well, first of all, it was Palpatine. He was the senator for Naboo. Then it was um, Padme, and then they're Jar Jar. It's like, what are they going to have? Like a rock or something like that as the senator next? Probably has a higher um, cortex. Sorry, sorry, frontal cortex. Um, even Jar Jar does anyway. Uh, re- remember though, he was a general at the end of, uh, um, the first one. He went from being an idiot to when they had the war uh, on Naboo. He was the general. Remember he was on this little horse thing going steady, steady. I'm like, when did you become a military leader? I missed yeah, that part. I, I, <laughs> I reckon that was sort of just like, yeah, you can have that role. Just, <laughs> you know, you're just you go there. You just stand there and don't touch anything, and you'll be fine. I think that was more. Yeah, you're a general now because you're. You can just go over there and just no, stay. God. See, have you have you seen on um since all the the COVID lockdown madness, they've been doing uh, all these watch parties to where. They'll have um, people get together, and a lot of times it's been like the directors and actors from the movies, and they'll um, do a watch party in that you um, you play the YouTube clip, and then you watch the movie along at home while they comment. That actually seemed kind of fun. I feel like we need to put a group together and and maybe even watch one of the prequels and see and see where it's good and where it's bad. You know what I mean? Like a, re- a revisit and say, all right, what was Lucas trying to tell us back back then? considering it got worse so you know what i mean that would be interesting actually revisit them and have a chat oh 100 um if i'm gonna um throw in one i definitely think it'd be attack of the clones just so i can see yoda go toe-to-toe with count Dooku. so you don't you don't mind that scene where he goes he goes ape shit with his little his little tiny lightsaber pecker and goes nuts you like that i like that because it was just like yeah yoda is the man. He, yeah. might be, he might be like 900 years old, but he can still fight with his lightsaber and how he just catches the force lightning like it's nothing. Like, yeah, no, I, I catch your force lightning. I don't want it. You have it You have it back. I don't want this. Yeah, that's true. I feel like that's the one I need to revisit as well because I actually like Revenge of the Sith because there are, you know, there's some dark moments and, and Hayden Christensen, I forgive him. He was trying his best. I, I feel if he had a better director, sorry, George, because, you know, not everyone's a good director, and, and he, he even realized that sometimes. But sometimes people need more of a direction, and I feel Hayden Christensen just needed more direction. <laughs> yeah, just, just a bit of a helping hand, um, you know. He just oh, When he says some of his lines, I feel, I don't know, it's cringy. Why is it? Is it him, or is it the lines? I think some of it is the lines, like when he chokes out Padme on Mustafar, <laughs> and then you've got Obi Wan. He's like, "You will not take her from me." It's just like, mate, you sound like an angsty teenager. Calm your farm. 
You just choked you just choked her out and you're saying he's turning her against you. Mate, what are you doing? Alright, so now I have to get your opinion on this one because this again, this cracks me up when there are there are scenes that you know are coming because again you, you heard about them. So you we always knew uh, Anakin, Darth Vader, uh, he got fucked up bad by Obi Wan Kenobi in a massive fight. And we, we know that's coming anyway. That's part of the lore. And when the fight does come on the, the lava planet, how, how do you feel when it really just comes down to the fact that, that Obi-Wan just keeps saying, you know, but Anakin, I have the high ground. That's his whole excuse for killing him and cutting off his arms and legs. But I have the high ground, Anakin. Didn't you feel that was not quite enough of an excuse? You know what I mean? Did he have to do that? Did he have to, to fuck him up as bad as he did just because he says, I have the high ground. <laughs> Don't attack me. I, I reckon in that, it's sort of, you know, Obi-Wan's, Obi-Wan doesn't want to hurt him in the sense that, you know, um, if I say, you know, Anakin, I, I have the advantage here. You can't win. Don't try it. I don't want to do this. And then when Anakin goes, you underestimate my power, you can see in Obi-Wan's face that he's got no other option than to do what he did to try and stop him. Because if he doesn't stop him, then who knows what. But I do love that I have the high ground. <laughs> I do love that. Yeah. And, um, and Padme, um, in all the technology, and they've got all the robots and all the all the technology in the universe, but they can't save her because she's losing the will to live. I hate when that happens. I mean, I just, again, it seems like it comes down to poor writing on such, such monumental events, such serious turns in the story, and it comes down to she's just losing the will to live. I can't. I'm, a, I'm the best surgeon ever. I'm the best robot surgeon. I can't save her. Or do you, am I just being too picky? Am I an old, crotchety old man who's being too picky about these things? Oh, no, no, I agree. You know, um, you can reattach limbs and stuff like that. People can get, um, you know, packed up by lightsabers and they're fine. They get a bit sad and don't want to, you know, <laughs> see tomorrow. It's like, no, nah, I can't do anything, mate. She's She's gone. Just pack her up. Done. Yeah. But it's, it, again, it's sort of like they sort of stretched it out and they've gone, oh, you know, we've had this mad attack on Lucifer. It's just like, oh, God, we've only got like 20 minutes of this movie left. <laughs> we got, we, we got to wrap it up. She's got, yeah. too, she's got too many sad Eclorians. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like, you know, in Return of the Jedi, where Leia says, you know, I remember my mother, she was so beautiful. It's just like, but do you? You were, like, 30 seconds old. How do you remember her face? Yeah, no, that's true. Look, yeah, again, that's why they need someone like Kevin Feige to sit down and go, so do you really want to connect this, or do you want to half-ass connect it? Because you've already written uh, the future, so you're about to write the past. You really need to be smart about it. <laughs> I don't think they were, but can't fix those. No. Um I reckon they should have done, like, the um, fight sooner so that, you know, he becomes Darth Vader earlier. They deal with the aftermath of, of Order 66. They hide um, Luke on Tatooine and Ben looks after him. 
And then Leia goes to oh, um, Alderaan um, with Organa and stuff like that and sort of just watches over Leia and then... I'm not, I'm not a screenwriter, but, yeah, something happens to her and it's just like, you know, it's not like she's just, oh, lose the will to live, like something happens and, you know, she's killed at the end of the movie, not just from the will to live, maybe. Yeah. No, definitely. It does seem like a lot of last minute, last minute writing to go, oh shit, we need to wrap it up pretty much when everyone is thinking, well, what about uh, C-3PO and R2-D2? Well, that's easy. We'll wipe their memories. (laughs) Fixed. Done. I'm going home. That's another another (laughs) thing with the bloody sequels as well, where it's just like, you know, they can't, they, they have the map to look and they can't find it. Oh, what's this? R2 decides to wake up all of a sudden. Oh, here's the map. It's just like, oh. I know, I know, I know. I don't know. Writing, writing's a tough one, but uh, you know, I just thought if you if you throw money at something, you can fix anything. But we found that's not true. Disney is the actual empire now. Let's face it; they are the empire. They're becoming the empire. They're going to own everything. They'll they'll be adats walking in the street, but with the big Mickey Mouse on the side. I'm okay with this. I'm oh, really? Ad- okay, go to your homes. Stay in your homes. Yeah. I'm happy for the floating Death Star okay. above it because I have one tattooed on the back of my leg that is how devoted to the dark side and the empire I am. So I am all good with the empire. Oh my goodness! You need to you need to watch Mandalorian. Yeah, you'll like it a lot. Um. All right. Thank you so much. That was awesome. We definitely will do this again. And I think next time, if you're not just a Star Wars fan, definitely happy to talk about other things in the movie universe maybe talk about the snyder cut if you give any craps about that and what you would think well you just said nothing can save it but <laughs> it'll be a piece of, it'll be a four-hour piece of crap is that what you think instead of a three-hour piece I, of crap i reckon it's just oh again it's sort of like oh you know we're in such big trouble all by keeping our rocks up problem solved it's yeah you can't can't fix that Oh, uh, well, it's a, look, it was hard to compete. You know, it was a 10-year run with the Marvel movies and uh, culminating in, in, in Endgame, and man, it's hard to compete with. I feel like they should have just waited a bit because, yeah, um, hard to compete with something that was done so well. Yeah, 100%. It's sort of just like they tried to catch up to Marvel instead of, you know, going their own direction like Marvel did when, you know, when you had... um. Christopher Nolan, Batman's and stuff like that when they were out. It's just like Marvel weren't trying to copy that with having three movies, like three Iron Man movies in a row, then three Thor movies and then kind of tied in that way. It was sort of just like one after another movie just ties, like story just ties in all together where they've, with um, the DC universe, it's sort of just like they've done um, uh, the Superman movie, Dawn of Justice, where they wasted Doomsday. That annoyed me. <laughs> and then they do Wonder Woman, Justice League, and then Aquaman. It's just like... <laughs> yeah. Just, no, they, I, they rushed I, it. I don't think that'll be another hour chat just about the absolute next <laughs> you is. It is, it is. Well, on the final note then, and that would be good to talk about next time, did, did you like Joker at all? Again, it feels like it was just a movie unto itself on the side, which was fine. It was I better. I actually haven't seen it yet because uh, 
trying to find time is very difficult with a six-year-old that always wants to spend time with you. It's a bit difficult. Of course. <laughs> and then also being an old person and being in bed by 8.30 every night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're already at 8.30 and you're 28. I don't know. Oh, mate, I'm so old. I, I'm, I'm in bed with my bowl of wheat bix with Milo on top at 8.30 watching my episode of Family Guy and then bedtime. I'm asleep. Well, your your assignment is definitely while you're doing that, tune in to um, Disney and definitely watch Mandalorian. It's worth it. And then uh, we'll definitely have a chat about that because you got to get ready for season two. Oh yeah, will do. All right, thanks, All man. Right. That was great having a talk, and we'll definitely chat again soon. All right. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. No worries. Talk to you later. Definitely share it around to your friends so I can actually get some fans, and then maybe I will be famous. Oh, will do. <laughs> All, right. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks, mate. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll definitely catch up with Dylan again and some of my other friends on lockdown, and uh, we might get out of this COVID unscathed. All right. Catch you later.